0: Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney Tim Seckler from the Seckler Law Firm. And now, your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families. Make great estate plans, my name is Tim Seckler, and if you're joining us for the first time on the show, uh the purpose of the show is to uh is is education we're trying to teach you all the things I think you need to know about uh estate planning issues like wills trust powers of attorney uh, We talk about uh the different issues out there that you may want to be thinking about you know I, I know that not everybody's like me, not everybody sits around and thinks about all the the uh the life's twists and turns and the curveballs and the bad things that can happen, but we do this all day long. And there's a lot of things that you're probably not aware of that you probably should be aware of. Uh, And uh, and I want you um, I want you to know this stuff because I I care and I'm tired of seeing families come to us with these really significant issues that are threatening their family, threatening the relationships within their family, threatening uh, people's mental health and threatening their finances and, and their issues that are completely preventable if we would all have the majority level to sit down and talk to somebody and think through this stuff. And, and today, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to talk to you about a thing that's been on my mind, and I'm going to relate a couple of concepts for you. Uh, and and what, what I really want to talk about is um, what I'm seeing – as a couple of uh issues of what some people might call the war in the middle class, right? Um so uh the rich get richer, the the, the poor stay poor and the middle class just trying to stay by and trying to get by, right? And and this is sort of a a common tenet. Now, I personally am of the belief that the world is abundant and we can go out and do things and and provide ourselves with opportunities and and grow and build. And, 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 you know, we live in the greatest country in the history of the planet and have uh, abundant opportunity. Now, I know that people are struggling with uh, disabilities and mental health issues and things where they're prevented um, from taking advantage of some of those opportunities. But by and large, if we look at the middle class as a whole, I do think there's opportunity. But I think that Um, the, uh, the regulations and some of the government rules that are coming out right now seem to be, uh, making it a little bit harder, right? So right now we're in a period of time where we have, um, hopefully we're on our way out of this coronavirus thing. They just lifted the mask mandates in a lot of places. Um, it, it seems to be hitting the back page of the news a little bit more. Um, but we went through this period of massive government spending to deal with it. Um, We're starting to see the ramifications of some of that with higher prices, and the situation in Ukraine certainly isn't helping anything uh, with uh, the inflation issue that we're wrestling with. I saw in the news this morning before I recorded the show that gas in California in some places is now pushing $7 a gallon, and so, you know, I am anticipating a period of time where middle-class America is going to feel the pinch, Um, and you know, if that's not bad enough, there's a couple other things that are sorta of sneaky pressures on the middle class that I you know, I, I, I don't know and I'm not qualified to tell you how to deal with the inflationary period, right? Um but I, I there are a couple of issues that you, you should be thinking about that, that I can help you with. And here's kind of what that looks like. So um a couple of there's really two things that I have seen that have significantly negatively Impacted middle class Americans in the last couple of years. And they work together and can result in some really nasty situations. So, painting the picture for you, we all sort of work hard. Uh, we all try to save money. We all, if you have kids, we all try to raise good kids, healthy kids um, that have good morals and values and principles and faith. And, you know, over time, what I see is people accumulate some stuff, right? And and a, a lot of the stuff that our today uh, American baby boomer has a lot of their net worth in their primary residence, uh, their home equity in their primary, primary residence, and uh, their retirement accounts, IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, Roth IRAs, uh, because we've all been good boys and girls, and we've all uh, listened to the advice of, put the money in the retirement account, you're going to get tax deferred growth. And you know, the company, if you were lucky enough to have a company match, they're going to, if you put in 3%, they put in 3%. So it's 3% of found money. And then we get tax deferred growth on that money. And, and there's a lot of people now who are reaching retirement age who have a lot of their money in their home and their retirement accounts. Right. Um, And one of the things about the retirement accounts, the idea was, is, I suppose, that we put in a dollar before tax. This is traditional retirement money, not Roth money, but traditional retirement money. We put in a dollar without paying taxes on the dollar. And then we can invest that money, and the growth continues to accrue without paying income taxes until I pull the money out of the account, at which point in time I have to pay income taxes on the whole thing. And, and the real trick is you know, if, if I got paid a dollar and I paid income taxes and now I'm down to 70 cents and then I invested the 70 cents and that money grew, um, we're only getting growth on 70 cents instead of getting growth on a dollar. And therefore, over time, the retirement account can make a ton of sense to make the uh, the, the bank accounts look really big. But the problem with this is that... As the American baby boomer was putting their money into these accounts, they had, you know, they're essentially saying, I'm not going to take the money out until I'm retirement age. And we're doing this over decades and decades and decades with no concept in the 1970s when, when people started doing this, 1960s and 70s when people started doing this, have no context and no concept of what the tax situation would be when they eventually pulled the money out of the accounts in the 2020s. All right. And, um, so there's massive amounts of wealth that have been accumulated, uh, in America, in these retirement accounts, uh, statistically, I, I don't have the data in front of me to support it, but I would, I would, I would venture a guess that this is one of the biggest transfers of wealth in world history is the American baby boomer ultimately passing away and leaving qualified money, tax deferred accounts to their kids. Okay. Now there were a lot of promises with these retirement accounts, tax deferred growth, et cetera. One of the promises was, and people didn't know it, right? But one of the, the, the nicest and, and the best gems in these accounts was if I would grow old and have a retirement account and pass that retirement account to my kids, my kid, when, upon my death, my kids could take what was called a stretch IRA. Okay, so, so here's, here's an example. Let's say that um, my dad was in the position to leave me $200,000 of retirement money when, I pass, when he passes away, okay? So a lot of money, and, and now he has a retirement account, and he could leave it to me. And if he left this money to me, and by the way, this is all very hypothetical, right? But if he could leave me a $200,000 retirement account, it used to be the case. Let's say that when, when he passed away, let's say I uh, was 55 years old. Now, it used to be the case that I could take his retirement account money, and I'd have to take a little bit out every year, what was called a required distribution, but the balance of the money, like the vast majority of the money, 98% of the money, would probably continue to grow in in an investment account. I could have it in the market and continue to grow it for my life expectancy. It was called the stretch IRA, the the inherited stretch IRA. And so here's a scenario, right? My dad leaves me $200,000 of a retirement account. And let's say I put that money in the market and over time the the stock market has done, depending on who you ask, somewhere around 7% over a long period of time. Okay. So if I'm 55 and, and the rules would have allowed me to stretch that money until I was almost 90 years old. So... Invested at 7%, money doubles about every 10 years, right? So if he leaves me $200,000 when I'm 55, by the time I was 65, it'd be $400,000. By the time I'm 75, it would be $800,000. And by the time... I'm 85 years old and I'm I'm having to liquidate the account. The total value of this thing would certainly exceed a million dollars, perhaps as much as $1.6 million. Now that math is a little faulty because we would be having to take some increasing required distributions of it over time. But you get the point. The, The idea was, that and and it was kind of unspoken but the idea would be the leftover baby boomer retirement accounts the money that the baby boomers did not spend during their own retirement could transfer to the kids and then their adult children dad's retirement account could essentially become the kids retirement account okay now think about that for a second if the the children of the baby boomers could inherit dad's retirement account and let the money run And then by the time they hit their retirement years, they'd have a heck of a lot of money to live on. Then the money that they had been saving could then be transferred to their kids. And you saw an opportunity for real true upward mobility in the middle class because um, there there was going to be this this giant tax-deferred wealth transfer. And it was really a beautiful situation that I don't think anybody was talking uh, enough about in in the the context of how good of a situation the the middle class folks were. We're in. Um, We weren't talking about it, but I'll tell you who was talking about it. The IRS was talking about it. The IRS was after those dollars for a long, long time, right? They're looking at these retirement accounts, and they're watching how big these accounts are getting, and they're knowing that in those accounts is taxable money, right? And as soon as the distributions come out, we get our income taxes to pay for all of this government spending that we've got. And so there was... Several attempts over the years to get rid of the lifetime stretch, so the idea was okay, so we've made a promise to the baby boomers that we uh, won't tax the money until we pull them out if if we took that away. There'd be riots in the streets So we can't take that away But we really didn't make their kids any promises Like, yeah, it's in the code that they get IRS stretch, But we can make an argument We, the government, can make an argument That because the kid wasn't investing the money He didn't really have an argument to come after us It was dad's money So we're going to take away this enormous tax benefit from this child Because we didn't really make a, break a promise to the child We broke a promise to the baby boomer But by the time the family figures out that we broke the promise The baby boomer's going to be dead So who's going to complain? All right? I'm pretty sure a conversation just like that happened somewhere in Washington, D.C. Can't tell you who had it. Can't tell you which side of the aisle. Doesn't really matter. Because what happened was at the end of 2019, there was a law that was proposed called the Secure Act. Now, the Secure Act, it sounds great, right? I mean, who would vote against a thing called the Secure Act? Um, what, do we, what do we want? Insecure Act? Right? So they, they imposed this thing called the Secure Act. And the SECURE Act had a couple of positive things to it, a a deferral of retirement distributions for a couple of years and and some things. But here was the major impact of this thing called the SECURE Act was they eliminated the lifetime stretch on the retirement accounts when the kids inherit the money. So – Now, after the SECURE Act, and and it was passed in October 2019, and it became law in January of 2020, and it was hidden underneath all the COVID news, right? This is a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky piece of legislation that had bipartisan support, and it moved super quick, okay? So by the time the thing was proposed, by the time it hit the news that the thing had been proposed, it had already passed the House of Representatives, all right? Now, you tell me the fix wasn't in on that, then, you know, I'll sell you something else too. So... The Now, we've got this thing that had passed the House of Representatives that eliminates the lifetime stretch on the retirement accounts when the kids inherit them. Now, the SECURE Act imposes a provision that requires all of the money to be paid out over 10 years after mom or dad passes away. Right? And then it went on to pass the Senate uh, shortly thereafter. And almost everybody in Congress voted yes for it. This is not a partisan thing. The left voted for it. The right voted for it. They just they voted for it. Okay. But the middle class people didn't know what the heck was going on. Middle class folks, look, I personally had an article in the Pittsburgh Post that I had a, uh, a thing I sent in. And I was explaining this. And, you know, IRA this, stretch deferral that ten-year stretch required distributions and you put an article like that into a newspaper and what happens is people are like look at it oh that's kind of interesting oh, i don't know what these terms mean oh okay i'm gonna flip to the sports page and it was just confusing enough for people to um, sort of ignore it with their head in the sand um, but it was a giant giant income tax hike on middle-class americans um. No, the baby boomer's not going to pay it. Yes, the baby boomer's kid is going to pay it. And the baby boomer's kid, when they retire, get the IRA. They're not even going to know what they lost, right? Because it, uh, inheriting the IRA is like found money. They didn't know that it used to be the case that they could triple the money. Uh, tax deferred for 30 years. They just now know that they get this account where uh, the money has to be pulled out over 10 years. So, so nobody really even knows because the kid didn't know. Dad doesn't know. It's not going to impact dad. The only people that know about this are the estate planners and the financial guys and gals who are telling people, well, now we got to look at, at your retirement accounts and how much this makes sense to, to continue to do the same investment strategies we used to have. Now, I'm not an investment advisor. Don't make investment decisions, or for that matter, don't make legal decisions based on anything you hear on this show. Uh, this is for your education. The point of this show is you need to be speaking to somebody about what your proper strategy is, okay? Somebody that's properly licensed, not your best friend over the fence, okay? Now, so now we've got the SECURE Act. So think about where this leaves people. It used to be the case that if my dad passed away and left me the money, When I was 55, I could double the money and double the money and double the money over the course of my lifetime and end up with more than a million bucks off of $200,000. Now what happens is I receive this $200,000 IRA, and the IRS makes me pull the money out over 10 years. And so now not only do I lose 30 years tax-deferred continued growth on the money, now I'm inheriting the $200,000 when I'm 55 years old. And what do we know about most 55-year-olds? What are they still doing? They're still working, right? So if I'm 55 and I receive the money, I don't get to wait and pull the money out when I'm in my retirement years and my tax bracket has gone down. I have to pull the money out when it, between 55 and 65 when I'm still working, and I've already got a high 1040 income, and I got to take dad's IRA and put it on top of the 1040 and pay ordinary income tax rates on it. So not only did I lose 30 years of tax-deferred growth, that wasn't bad enough, I also am going to pay... Ordinary income tax rates on top of my regular wages. And my guess is, with all the government spending, tax rates are going to have to go up. So we are in a situation where the American baby boomer, and more accurately, the family of the American baby boomer, is going to get smoked on their retirement accounts. And they don't even know it. Right? Now, I've been talking about this stuff for a couple of years. A bunch of other lawyers and financial advisors have been talking about this stuff for a couple of years. And your good financial advisor, if you have a financial advisor who is not talking to you about the SECURE Act, you should ask them. And if they don't have good answers, you should continue asking questions until you get good answers. And um, the, in, in the point of all of this is I really want families to take action – to not leave themselves exposed to these issues. And this is what we talk about in our weekly workshop that we do in our office. Um, And and you should come to our office, to our workshop. I do most of them. It's in Cranberry. We talk about wills and trusts and powers of attorney. I'm going to tell you about the SECURE Act in a little bit more detail. I've got a, a couple of interesting anecdotes about this. And we're going to talk to you also about the next thing I want to talk about, and that is protecting your stuff. From the threat of long-term care, because that's the other issue that is making middle-class families go broke. It's not the other side. It's not. It's not really the federal estate tax. It's not Pennsylvania's inheritance tax. Although nobody loves that. I don't like it either. It's four and a half percent, though. If I'm leaving money my kids, I'm not going broke to lose four and a half percent. I don't want to lose four and a half percent, but it's not going to make me broke. But where the families are losing it all are to these harsh rules reg- regarding uh, retirement accounts in. The expense of long term care. That's what's going on. All right. Now, in the event that the SECURE Act wasn't bad enough last week, two and a half years, almost two and a half years after the introduction of the SECURE Act, the IRS issued regulations. So when a law gets passed, Congress passes a law. A lot of the time, the implementation of that law falls on the executive branch, in this case, the IRS, to figure out what the heck the SECURE Act actually meant, right? Because nobody took the time to actually read it or think about it. They just voted yes for it. So now the IRS, who are the people that were the proponents of the SECURE Act, are the people who get to decide what it means, right? Okay. So one of the conclusions, and we're still trying to figure out these regs, right? I mean, it was almost 300 pages of regulations that dropped last week, but... We, we, the financial world, the, the the attorney world, used to be of the opinion or, or we, we suspected when the retirement account goes to the kid, then the kid was going to um, have freedom of choice over the 10-year period of when to pull it out, okay? So you could see some, some strategies here. Like, let's say I am 55 and my dad leaves me the retirement account, but I plan on retiring at, say, 60, then what I would probably do is not pull any money out of the retirement account on the years 55 through 60. Then I retire, my ordinary income tax bracket goes down. Now I'll pull money out of dad's retirement account for the remaining five years, and I could stretch the tax burden, I could defer some of the growth, and I could stretch the tax burden in a, in a smart way. Um, well, so the regulations seem to take that away too. So the regulations seem, and i got to say seem because it's so new, but the regulations seem to require that the IRA, uh, that the IRA is going to be paid out over the 10-year period. You don't get to just wait and take it all out in year 10. Uh, and so now we we really have to be thinking about and talking to our investment advisors about what the heck that actually even means. When do I have to take money out? And the people that are in the middle of this are the people who, who if you have... And this, is, this is sort of a public announcement. If you have lost a family member since the beginning of 2020, and if you inherited retirement funds from that deceased person, you need to go speak to somebody now about whether you have been following the rules for the last two years uh, because we interpreted them one way and now they're telling us they're the other way. So there are people who inherited money in the last two years, who didn't take distributions because we didn't think we had to, who are now going to have to be uh, take distributions. And so you need to catch up. So you need to speak with your investment guys. You need to speak with your bank. You need to speak whoever's in, uh, administering this thing to find out if you need to take distributions because it's very possible you were supposed to have taken distributions per these new regs, and we didn't know it, so you didn't take distributions. Um, isn't this fun? Isn't it fun the way that they do these things? Now, they don't call the Secure Act a death tax, Right. It, for all us, in, intents and purposes, most of us are not going to pay a federal estate tax. It, right now, as I'm recording this, and this is a thing that's up for debate too, you can die with $24 million, a, a married couple, husband and wife. We can all pass away with $12 million without having to pay any federal death tax. Now, Pennsylvania has a death tax, but we don't have to pay fe- federal death tax. That's called the lifetime exemption. There, uh, that's going to drop. Uh, in 2026, it goes down to about $6 million bucks. But right now, most people don't have to pay a federal estate tax. So, so for, by, by definitional purposes, we don't really have a federal death tax right now. Except this thing called the SECURE Act. That let, let's, just, let's just think about this for a second. It is a tax, technically an income tax. But it is a tax that is due on a retirement account because someone passed away. Within a defined period of time after someone passed away. And while that is technically under the income tax regulations, it sounds an awful lot like a death tax to the middle class to me. I mean, that's what it sounds like, right? I mean, okay, so somebody could pass away with $10 million this year, not pay any federal state tax, and the people that have $10 million, well, that's not all in retirement accounts, right? So no big death tax for that guy. But the guy that has saved hard, worked hard, retired school teacher, that has five six $600,000 in a retirement account, that guy's kids are going to pay a tax on all that money within 10 years after dad's death. And that sounds like a death tax to me. And then you couple all of this tax stuff and all this Secure Act, which really, 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 in my opinion, as Tim talking, is ugly business. And you couple it with the fact that the nursing homes, right? this is the other thing that is coming after middle-class money. In the last year, so the state of Pennsylvania publishes a figure annually about how much a nursing home costs per month. Right? Last year's figure was in a ballpark of like a high eleven thousand, eleven thousand, almost twelve thousand dollars. Right, that was the twenty twenty one number. Now, nursing homes have incurred a lot of expenses. Nursing homes are having staffing issues. Nursing homes are having all kind of issues. I mean, all the PPE, uh, PPE equipment they had to buy through COVID. Like I. Understand that nursing homes had a couple of rough years. but this year's figure on the nursing home is 14,676 dollars per month, on average, in a skilled nursing facility in Pennsylvania. 15 grand, right? 180,000 dollars a year. And one in three of us is going to have dementia. Now, this is scary stuff, right, because we don't work our entire lives to lose it to these government regs and to issues like dementia or long-term care needs. Now, I want to be real clear on this nursing home issue. The nursing home is not the bad guy in this game. The bad guy is the rule book, the rule book that says Medicare is not going to help you if you go to a nursing home, the rule book that says you got to go broke before. Medicaid is going to help you. Like They could adjust a lot of rules to take some of the bite out of this and put some of the care costs on government, right? but they're not going to do it. The guys that drop the SECURE Act on your lap are not going to fix this problem. So, what are you going to do about it? Well, you need to be talking with good advisors. You need a good financial advisor. You need a good lawyer. I happen to think my law firm does a great job with this stuff. You should come to one of our workshops and learn about the SECURE Act, and learn about how to protect assets from long-term care expenses and these harsh government rules. Because I know, and at least the people I talk to, you didn't work your whole life just to lose your nest egg, your legacy, your money, your home equity to issues like the SECURE Act or to issues like needing long-term care. The goal of saving the money was to leave a better future for our children to make sure that if I pass away or if I, if I have a stroke, my wife's okay financially. Right. In those principles that we've had in mind, of, as we have been saving this money, those principles are currently in jeopardy. And so you should come to one of our workshops. You can find out all about them at secular law dot com. S.E.C.H.L.E.R. Law Firm dot com. Or give us a call and schedule at seven, two, four, five, four, six, four, two, two, seven, seven, two, four. Five four six four two two seven 546-4227 or com. If any of the things I've been talking about in this episode register with you, they probably should, and you should probably get yourself educated. Our workshop's a great place to start, com. S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. I appreciate your listening this week. I hope it was educational. I hope it was a little bit scary because that might be the thing that makes you uh, move to take action. Have a great weekend, folks. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.